everyone, welcome to Heart's Happiness Podcast. The place where I, Manpreet, share my journey of healing intergenerational family trauma to help you to understand your story. I share a bunch of tools and tips that will transform your mental health and allow you to find your own heart's happiness. So exciting, right? Each episode will cover one of three areas. One, raising awareness of what this trauma actually is and how it hides in our lives. Two, tools, tips, support, lots of different things that I've used to get better and heal from this trauma. And three, I'll be connecting you with so many specialists and therapists and coaches as guests on my show. So we are going to transform your mental health and empower you to take your healing by the hands and move forward. Welcome back for episode number 12. We are talking about narcissism and gaslighting today and how this can show up in our families of origin, so with our parents, etc., and what this can kind of look like. I'm going to go through an extreme example of what narcissism personality disorder is, which maybe a lot of people recognize as narcissism, but then my own experience and how I've kind of experienced maybe narcissistic traits in somebody like a parent, but not maybe the full whack of what people consider narcissism and why this caused me issues and then I'm also going to talk about gaslighting as that's again a big familiar parental technique that I experienced growing up which then caused me problems in adult life so just talking about where it began what it looks like how it can manifest as you get older and how we deal with people like this because you can't really change them. So how do you take care of yourself and your own mental health? That's the plan for today. I also want to just touch on where it comes from, like why people are actually narcissistic. And it goes back to our childhood trauma. In episode number, I can't remember now, I want to say seven, eight, nine, something like that. I did an episode on safety needs and how when we're young, when we feel under threat, we go towards fight, flight, freeze or fawn. And in a previous episode, I talked about codependency, which is when we have done that so many times in our lives, it becomes an unhealthy coping mechanism. So we start to people please constantly to feel safe. Well, people that are narcissistic have also gone through trauma in their lives with their parents and whoever were their caregivers. And when they were young, they probably grew up with someone that was themselves quite narcissistic. So that means somebody that in order to feel safe rages and controls others so what they did when they grew up is they copied that behavior and became narcissistic themselves so it's actually very common that if you were brought up by a raging controlling parent that you will either become a raging controlling parent yourself or you will become like more submissive and that people pleasing kind of element there's variations in between OCD like becoming obsessive compulsive disorder today I want to focus on the, the people out there that are the fighters that rage and control in order to make them feel safe so the root of that is their childhood trauma and actually that they're very insecure that they have low self-worth just as the people pleaser does but they're actually um, disguising that with a very grand personality so a great example of narcissistic personality disorder which I think is the extreme version of narcissism for myself and what I've experienced I I see it as like a range like you know like a knob that you know that goes all the way that the high end of the spectrum is maybe narcissism personality disorder and then somewhere like in the middle is someone like my dad and I'm going to talk about him in a second bless his soul someone that we all can maybe identify as a narcissist if you know the the term is 
ex-president Trump, because when I'm recording this, he's just lost out on the election. So someone like Trump has a very exaggerated sense of self-importance. He has a sense of entitlement and requires constant excessive admiration. He expects to be recognised as superior, even without the achievements to warrant it. I mean, is he a good president? No, probably not. But he expects people to think he is. He exaggerates any achievements and talents and in some cases he even makes them up he's preoccupied with fantasies about success and power and brilliance that there's actually no substance behind image he's trying to project they believe they're superior and can only associate with equally superior people and special people so they can kind of look down their nose at other people they can monopolize conversations and belittle people and look down on them as they perceive them to be inferior. They expect special favours and unquestioning compliance to them. So when you're somebody that doesn't agree with them, is not happy with them, tells them that, they will gun for you in a very nasty kind of way. They do not like people that don't comply with them. They don't like people that don't vote for them, that kind of thing. They take advantage of others to get what they want. They manipulate, they control, they rage. They have an inability and unwillingness to recognise the feelings of others. So they don't have very much empathy. Some narcissists are very good at displaying empathy, but really they're just doing that to like pull you in almost. And they're very envious of other people and believe that others envy them. And they can't really be happy for others. And they can behave in a very arrogant way, boastful, pretentious. Like maybe you'll say something like, oh, I achieved this. It's like, well, I achieved that like a year ago and I've done it a thousand times. No people that do that. They insist on having the best of everything. So that's like a real extreme version of a narcissist. And you will find them at work. They will be in positions of power because, you know, they might like the big job or they might like to have a big company and control other people. Those are kind of the people you'll find up further up in big corporate companies. But actually, there's very little substance beneath their very grand facade they put on. When you look beneath the surface, there actually isn't really much there. I really believe that my dad had some quite narcissistic traits because he was somebody that definitely, when I've learned about fight or flight, he's definitely somebody that, that was a fighter. So he would rage and control others to feel safe. He did that even with his parents when they were alive. And then it, the attention kind of came onto his family, like his wife and his children. So he did a lot of things to rage and control us that were really, really, really quite painful. So this is like a hard thing for me to talk about, but I really wanted to share it with you. So my dad, and I'm talking about my dad in this person, so you can relate to maybe a parent of yours. My dad was such a a weird kind of man in the sense that he had these very narcissistic traits like rage and controlling and lack of empathy and he didn't really know who his kids or wife were. So he had these traits but he also had a very loving, sweet, kind, caring side. So he was like two people. So I very much had a jackal and hide dad but not everybody has that so you may when I talk about his sort of narcissistic traits you might be like oh well my parent was like that 100% of the time so my dad was a bit confusing because he was a mixture and that's why I think he was like on the spectrum of narcissism but not quite and I, I don't know if that's because he learned that off of his dad or 
or whatever, but that's just my own experience. So you will notice that maybe this is a bit different depending on the person. And there's a lot of research and people are still doing a lot of work on this area because I don't think it's been fully figured out yet personally. So my experience that he was very much these two people, but that isn't common for a narcissist. For example, a lot of people met my dad. My dad was a teacher and they adored him and loved him and saw his kindness and all that, that beautiful side that he had. But he very much reserved that narcissistic, angry, controlling side for his family. And behind closed doors is where we really got the wrath of that narcissistic personality, which has been very abusive for us. That's for me, my mum and my brother. Like we've all struggled with it in different ways. The way that my dad played his narcissistic traits is that he was very much focused on his children and their their ability to succeed. So for my dad, he was a very brainy guy. So he was obsessed with us being the most intelligent people in the room doing really well in our studies like he was obsessed with that and that is because I feel that he was clever himself but he didn't really move forward in the life he struggled getting a job and this kind of stuff and he became a teacher but he could have been like he was so clever he could have been so many so it's almost like he was trying to fulfill those dreams and desires that he had through his children and instead of raising a child to be who we wanted with our own thoughts our own emotions our own goals he wanted us to be very much an extension of him and to make his personal wishes come true I've always been into psychology sociology that's kind of why I'm doing this podcast because it's fascinated me and I really loved art when I was young I wanted to do art GCSE but he very much told me that was not an option I could not do art, I could not do sociology, I could not do psychology, I had to do what he wanted, which was maths, computers, sciences, and that is what I went into, that's the career I went to, to please him, because I was very much the child which did what he wanted, so I became like his golden child, if you like, that was the one that pleased him, and the one that cooperated, because I was such a people pleaser. My brother, however, was a bit more rebellious in that way and that way my dad started to treat him like a scapegoat and he wasn't very nice to him because he didn't please him and he didn't do what he wanted that gave my brother a different experience of a dad than I had and I always felt very guilty about how my brother was treated because I was treated better because I did what my dad wanted. experience of my dad's narcissistic traits was that he was also very obsessed with my mum and having her full attention which meant that he often took her love and nurturing away from her children children she he was very insecure about her even being close to my brother and me as well but maybe more so my brother because he was a boy this affected us as well because we he didn't allow us to be close to our mum as much as she would have liked because she had to run around and do everything for him because he was raging and controlling all the time and she was trying to please him and another thing he used to do and again this may sound like your parent or someone that you know is that he would constantly put us down nitpick on things that we did like he would have a go at me for not cleaning a surface properly or not shutting a door until to this day guys I still shut doors like a crazy person he would you know do un he'd nitpick and judge and criticize over things that I didn't even know he would criticize me about I was such a people pleaser growing up I was trying to do exactly what he wanted so that I wouldn't get raged at and he would find something to have a go at me and then my fight or flight would be kicked in again. He would tell me that there's something wrong with me. He would swear at me. He would tell me that I was fat, that I was ugly, that nobody would want me. That he would, you know, when he was in that bad place and being that narcissistic, ragey person, he would be 
really doing that, like smacking into my self-confidence and my self-worth. And I could hear that voice in my head for a really, really long time. And he did that with me, my brother and my mum. In our house, even though he was quite an insecure man and very nice to people outside the house, had a very inflated self-image and put people down. My mum had a really good job, but he'd like put her down and say that she couldn't do what he did. Or if I you know, got a degree that he wanted me to get, he'd be like, well, I could do better than that. And I still remember this time he made me do this programming course with him. He was like so competitive at beating my score. I'm his daughter, but he wanted to be better than me and prove it. If I did, did succeed, it wouldn't really make him happy either because then he'd feel insecure and then bash me down for it. So something that narcissists can have is a very superficial image of what they look like to the outside world. Like say if this is your mum she might be obsessed that you're beautiful and that you look beautiful and you dress properly and all that kind of thing. That's quite common for a narcissistic mum or a a woman that has narcissistic traits. My dad wasn't so obsessed with my physical appearance, I say, he just saw it more, he was obsessed with me being seen as intelligent, me being seen as more intelligent than other people's kids. That's what he was. And if that didn't happen, he wasn't happy. He could be quite blaming, well, very. (laughs) He felt that he wasn't happy in his life and that was because his wife and his kids were not good enough. He would shame us on a regular basis, not just to us and to our faces. He'd go to a wedding, be quite drunk and be telling other people how shit his wife and kids were. So that's kind of what he used to do. Such a lovely, (laughs) lovely, lovely trait. He did negative comparisons, between me and my brother, between me and other people, other family members. Um, You know, he put unreasonable pressure. I remember once, this was in my 20s, where I started to realise that my dad had these traits, so I probably didn't listen to him as much anymore, unlike my teens, where I tried so hard to please him. There was a guy that I met, and he was like, well, can't you just marry him to make me happy? Because he was an Oxford graduate or something, I can't remember, because that meant so much to him. And I was just, yeah, no, I can't because it's my life. So sorry. Had that been when I was a teenager, I probably would have done it. So very much emotional cohesion where he would like, if you don't do this, then own you. If you don't measure up to my expectations, I'll disown you. Always felt like love was conditional. So rather than a natural expression that he just loved me, some days he did say that, you know, when he was the nicer version of himself, but genuinely to get his love, to get his praise, to get, you know, those things that we look for in a parent, I had to be doing what he wanted. I had to be performing how he wanted. Super controlling as well. We had a certain way to behave And if we didn't do that, we would get in trouble. So if we didn't spend a certain amount of time studying or doing maths, or for me, that's what happened in my family, he would get really angry. We knew to behave in a certain way to sort of prevent that. Narcissistic trait is a lack of empathy for your child or, you know, what their thoughts and their feelings are, what they're going through. My dad wasn't an extreme narcissist, so he did show empathy at times. He also seemed to really struggle with connection. Like he didn't really know who his children were or who his wife was, like on a personal level. It's like he didn't see us. I remember my dad was quite geeky and really into books and psychology books, which is weird. Maybe that's where I get it from. And he used to say to me, oh, you know, he called me Mumpy and be like, Mumpy, you're this personality type. You know, this is you. I think this is you. Be like, no, that's actually not me and then I'd read the book and I'd be like it's actually this one and that's he was so disconnected 
from us, his children, his wife. He only saw who he wanted us to be, not who we actually were. And he couldn't empathise with us at all, at all, not even a little bit. My dad actually was very codependent. And I've talked about this before. So he he felt very much like he wanted to please his mother and his dad and whatever and he really created that dependency between us as well and he wanted me to be like the breadwinner he wanted he wanted to give up work and for me to pay in my 20s I kind of was like well actually I'm not massively happy here so I'm not gonna pay check me out got a voice when I got older he's massively jealous and very possessive so that's where that jealous and possessiveness got into with my mum so he's very jealous and possessive of her her time her energy and very jealous of her being close to her children so he just does again he does not understand connection it's weird and he was also very neglectful so he was so focused on his own self-absorbing interests like reading or whatever he was doing he may have forgotten to feed us or take care of us he certainly did not listen with us he didn't be he wasn't present with us and ask us how we felt or anything it was all about how he felt what he needed that's the kind of parent he was. And I think that's the kind of narcissistic trait that's more than anything. It's not about loving and caring for a child. It's about what you can do for them, what use you are to them. And that's what he was like, unfortunately. I feel like I could talk about this forever. Can you see, and he wasn't that narcissistic personality disorder. He wasn't, He, you know, he struggled at work and his careers, but in his house, he was in control. He was the one that was abusing all three of us. He was the one putting us down. He was the one that's been planted in my head for years, telling me that I'm not good enough, that I, that it means nothing to him. It's his voice. That's why I wanted to talk about that. If you can relate to this, I want you to hear my words really strongly. You will never please a narcissist. Narcissist. Anyone with these narcissistic traits, they will always want more. So I suggest you stop trying to please them and give them what they want because it won't get you anywhere. And also, don't bother trying to change them. This is so deep within them. And because they're narcissistic, they are more going to think it's everybody else's fault that they are a certain way than they have their own problems. They won't take responsibility for anything that they do. They won't take responsibility for their part. So you cannot change them. Please don't waste your energy trying to change them, trying to get through to them. I spent a lot of my life, a lot of my energy trying to do that with my dad. It got me nowhere. Feed that energy into yourself, into loving and caring for yourself. Keep your relationship with your narcissistic parent at a very superficial level. You know, ask them how they are. See them when you have to. Have boundaries. Take care of yourself. Most when you go into spending time with them, be prepared for battle. So like keep yourself that superficial conversation. Don't tell them how, you know, oh, I really struggled with this the other day. Don't be sharing any vulnerability with them. Don't be trying to change them. Just keep it boundaried. Keep it like a work meeting, if you like. Keep it emotionless because that is what will keep you safe from them, not trying to change them, not trying to please them because that does not work. So that's really important when it comes to a narcissist person, personality, parent, whatever, is really taking care of yourself, doing your self-care, having boundaries, not pleasing them, and also having quite a superficial relationship with them if you need to have them. If the person is so toxic in your life, I mean, you can even look at 
Why do they even need to be there? And I started to, before my dad died, actually started to tune him out. His needs, his expectations of me, I started to tune out already when he was alive. And then obviously it's much easier to do now he's died. It was what I needed to do for my mental health because trying to please that man was killing me one cell at a time. So even now, you know, if I, I don't try to do it anymore, but even when, from years after he had left, I was still trying to do it. It was crazy. That is kind of narcissism. And I just wanted to point out there's no pleasing them. You take care of yourself. You have boundaries. You step away from people like that as much as you can. And if you do want to keep them in, the, in your life or whatever, obviously, if, especially if they're a parent, that's fine. But do be aware that they are not capable of giving you things like empathy, connection, vulnerability, love, without you having to give something back. So you manage that, be in control of that, have that awareness, that is what's helped me. So in my life, because I had a very narcissistic dad, that means I was attracted to friendships, relationships and romantic relationships with people that had very similar traits, where I ended up trying to please them, trying to make trying to make them happy, trying to fix their depression, all this crap because of my own people-pleasing de- codependency. I was obsessed with it. So once I realized that, oh my God, my dad has these narcissistic traits, and then, oh my God, this is what narcissism looks like. Oh God, that boyfriend was like that. Oh God, that friend was like that. Oh, I was really close to that person. They had traits like that. I started to see it like the ripple effect. And I was like, oh my God, I am not going for that anymore. I am now, and with you know, somebody that does not have any of these traits. He is so the opposite. He's so incredibly passive. It's actually a joke. That's my tip for narcissism. And now we're going to move on. Gaslighting. So I wanted to make you very aware of what gaslighting is because we see it in our family relationships. Like it can be very, very subtle. And then you'll notice it in like workplaces, in organizations that you work with because people use this as a way to get what they want. It'll be things like telling blatant lies to get you to do what they want. And I think there's a book that says, it's about gaslighting and it's called The Sky is Purple. So we all know the sky is blue, but if someone's gaslighting you, they will convince you that you are wrong and the sky is actually purple. That is what it's like. I saw this with my dad and even my mum at times. You're really stupid. You're really stupid. You're really stupid. If I was, once I was told that enough, when I'd be like, no, dad, I'm not really stupid. I got an A in this. He's like, no, you're really stupid. You're really stupid because of this, because of that. And twisting everything to make you believe that you're really stupid. That's kind of what gaslighting is. They tell blatant lies. They deny that ever said something, even though you have proof about it. They will use what is near and dear to you as ammunition. So if you're a kind, honest person, they will use that (laughs) to get you. They will wear you down over time. They will keep doing these things very subtly sometimes to get what they want. Their actions do not match their words. They throw positive reinforcement to confuse you. So they can be really lovely, like, oh, you look beautiful today. And then the little subtle comments of, it's a real shame that, you know, you don't fit into that outfit anymore. But they just told you you're beautiful, but in a way they're kind of slightly digging at you and telling you that you're fat. (laughs) So that's kind of another thing they do. They use confusion to weaken people. They project their own insecurities and feelings on you and they try to align people against you. They tell others that they think you're crazy or will go around spreading lies about you. They tell everyone else you're a liar. I kind of experienced this a little bit with my dad um, and a little bit 
with my mum sometimes, you know, when she was trying to manipulate me and control me into doing what she wanted. But this kind of made me a bit of a magnet for people that did this. So that's female and male relationships. And I had this instance that I'm going to talk about in a second, which happened yesterday that I feel like is really important. But gaslighting happens everywhere. And, I, and again, just a bit similar to the narcissist, there's no matter what you say or do, you are not going to make this person change their mind or their viewpoint. They're going to continue gaslighting and they're going to continue twisting what you say. So it's, again, a complete waste of energy. Focus on giving that to yourself and realising that this person, what this person is doing is about them and their own insecurity, their own lies. They're being caught out at something. It's about them. I was gaslighted by a man um, a few years ago. It's actually the thing that made me really slip into depression because he did it so subtly for such a long time. I didn't even realize. He really made me question my own reality and what I knew to believe to be true because he would just act like I was crazy. He would body language the things he would say and be like, I don't know what you're talking about. I think it was all, I think you have a problem. When I am very intuitive, I can understand people very well, but he would literally be telling that my understanding and what if I was questioning it or raising it with him, he'd be like, you're crazy. This is all you love. And that really, really messed me up. So gaslighting can be really, really quite cruel. And that's why you should be aware of the term. And that's why I wanted to bring it up today because it kind of, it happens a little bit in our childhood, especially when we've had narcissistic parents. And then we start to be a magnet for those kind of people. Plus they are everywhere. Okay. Like I said, yesterday I was dealing with my letting agent whom um, his company has made a lot of mistakes when it comes to my property. He literally did not want to take responsibility for these mistakes, but was twisting in his language, in his behavior, everything back at me. I forgot about all that I've learned about gaslighters. I even know he is one, but in the moment I was in so much rage that this person was not taking responsibility for what they had done, blaming it on me, claiming ignorance it just infuriated me like I can't tell you the amount of rage I felt and then when I stepped away from the situation I wrote all the facts I knew about this about this situation actually he is lying because of this this and this I believe that him and his company is gaslighting me because of this this and this the absolute facts of the matter I wrote them down and then I decided that I can't make this man realize that he what mistakes he's made or make him responsible for them because he doesn't want to accept responsibility so I will calm down so I've worked on calming my anger down like simmering this emotion out of my body and came up with my next steps which unfortunately looks like it's going to be legal action but that's what I had to do I had to figure out that I was being gaslighted and this happens so much guys this happens in workplaces it happens in romantic relationships it happens in friendships it happens within families so check if somebody is gaslighting you and if they are do what I did write those facts down and stop putting your energy in trying to get them to change their viewpoint. Understand, build your own self-worth that you are right. Listen to your intuition, cut off whatever crap they're saying. Don't even let it go in and come up with your plan of action to take care of yourself. And again, it might be a bit similar to the narcissist, like obviously from a business relationship, I, can, I will be able to step away from this um, gaslighting situation eventually. But you know, some of us have gaslighting family. I've had that as well. And again, it's about boundaries. It's about creating space. It's about having a very superficial relationship if you must have one, because those are the things that keep you safe and knowing the truth yourself. So that is what will save you when it comes to gaslighting and narcissistic behavior and it is everywhere guys and you can't change these people so please don't try uh, focus on yourself that's where the power is and loving yourself and knowing your own self-worth it's a real shame they're like that but they are wounded 
children and that's why they behave like that so i always try to have some compassion it's really flipping hard when they're being assholes but i really do try <laughs> shared so much with you all but i hope that made sense and have a little think right about any narcissists or gaslighting episodes you've had write them down write what happened write about the energy wasted trying to please this person or change their viewpoint or prove that you were right write it down and learn from it so that next time you are in a situation it's different put those boundaries in place and take care of yourselves because that is how we heal but finding out that our parents have these narcissistic traits is kind of a gift because it was again a reminder that we were always enough and that the reason why they behaved this way was because of them not because of you it may have been because of them but you are dealing with the wounding from their behavior. So be aware of that. So something that will happen when you have a parent or you've grown up with this kind of behavioral pattern is you're gonna have really low self-worth. You're gonna have low confidence. You're gonna have ruminating thoughts. You may be trying really hard to please them. You're gonna feel like you can fix them, that you can make them happy, that you're gonna make, make them understand. You spend so much energy on that, it literally takes up all your time and you're trying really hard to fix their childhood maybe, but it's not your job. The other thing that might happen is like I said earlier, you're gonna be attracting people that are very similar into your life. Because I feel like sometimes, like spiritually, your soul is bringing these people in so you heal this wound. And you heal this wound by stop trying to please these people, stop trying to put energy into making the narcissist or the gaslighter happy or understand because it doesn't work. So that is why I say put that energy and time into building your self-worth and your own self-love and protecting yourself from this kind of behavior however you can because it goes into you and you've already got so much trauma. You don't want to add to it with adding a new relationship with a new person that's gaslighting or being narcissistic. And for me personally, when I started to meet those kind of people in my adult life, that's what really created my low points. That's what created my suicide ideation because I was like, gosh, why do people treat me like this? Why am I a punch bag? But what changed was I started to take responsibility for my own life and for this kind of behavior. Yeah, I can't stop coming into contact with a letting agent that's gaslighting me because I, I didn't know, but now I'm kind of thinking maybe the signs were there earlier and I need to review how I choose who I do business with but I take responsibility and I find a plan that works for me I protect myself and my own sanity and that's what's important we are healing ourselves we're taking responsibility ourselves you can't change other people you can only change yourself and that is it from me and there we have it guys an episode completed I hope you enjoyed it and it raised a load of awareness in your mind there was alarm bells going you were all like, ding, that's totally me. Cause that's what I was like when I started this journey. And that is the start of the process, finding out this information and realizing it has happened in your own life. So I really hope it was helpful. And before the next episode coming out next Wednesday, be sure to check us out on Instagram. So it's hearts underscore underscore happiness. Also, we have a YouTube channel where I share the videos I create for Instagram on. So you can check that out. They come on about once a week. And then we also have a Facebook group if you want to join to carry on the conversation. I want to create a community where we're all talking about our very real experiences and traumas. And then there is also my website called heartshappiness.co.uk, which you can check out 
to join our mailing list so that as I create new services and support tools for you all, you're the first to find out. And I have a freebie on there, so definitely check that out. It's five books that transformed my healing. So if you really want to kickstart and you know you're liking the content in here, these books are like the basis of so much of my knowledge. So definitely check that out. And I will speak to you next week. I'm so excited to continue this journey with you to help you to find your own heart's happiness. Take care.